Welcome to the Doxa Dialogue, a podcast about living life on mission for the glory of God. My name is David Rudy. I'm the pastor at Doxa Church, and I am joined by my beautiful wife, Julie, this morning. Hello, hello. It's spring. We have spring break coming right up. Some of you are on spring break right now. Many of you will be listening to this podcast. Maybe you're driving to Disney World or going on some family trip for spring break. Maybe you're headed to the beach to hang out with some friends. I don't know where you're at, but it's so nice to have the weather getting better. And we're close to Easter. We're close to summer. Uh School year is winding down. Yep. We have kindergarten graduation, which is like happy and sad all wrapped up. And just end of school activities and then a baby coming. I know. I know. We're working on the name. Oh, goodness. Working on goodness. the name. So this is Pray been for gr- us. <laughs> this has been crazy because we've always had a hard time picking out a name, but then we always get one. It's we- no. It is not hard picking out a name. It is hard to agree on a said name. Sure, 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 it's sure. It's the sure. agreeing part. Yeah. I mean, because I have lots of names I like. You have lots of names you like. None of them really line up. match or line up <laughs> until we hit that perfect name. And we've been in this place where Julie has one that she really loves. I'm like, mm, it mm, checks all the boxes perfectly. Mm, not really feeling it. And then I came up with one that was that was really horrible. Good, that does check the same boxes that Julie wasn't feeling. And then at three o'clock in the morning, I woke up with a name. Yes. And David likes it. I love it. But I still name. like my first name better. So thank goodness we still have a few weeks. Yep. Pray for us. But no, this new name that you came up with is unbelievable. It had to have been from the Lord that you had that. You had that revelation at 3 o'clock a.m. And she shared it with me just before we went on air here. So, yeah, stay tuned. When this baby is born, you'll know what we decided. But we are in a series right now called Chosen Sojourners. We're going through the book of First Peter. And I just preached a message from the first 12 verses of chapter 1. And Peter is setting up the three different themes that he's going to be weaving in and out throughout the rest of this letter in these first 12 verses. So we wanted to talk about one of those three themes, but I guess I should tell you the three themes first. You have living hope. Jesus Christ is our living hope. Present suffering. The church right now is really starting to feel the pressure of the Roman Empire. And then future glory. Peter has a great outlook throughout the whole letter. He's just pushing our eyes forward to the living hope we have in Jesus Christ and the ultimate salvation that we're going to have with him, the glorification of our Creator. Let's dive into the passage. I'm going to read 1 Peter 1, 3-9. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. 
In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been glorified by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Amen. So that was the second point of the message. First point was living hope, rest in your imperishable election, verses three through five. Right there is the present suffering portion. Rejoice in your undefiled sanctification. And then the rest of the verses from last week that we covered, verses 10 through 12, future glory, revel in the unfading mystery of who you are becoming. So present suffering, we're talking about rejoicing in your undefiled sanctification. And sanctification, it's one of the processes of a believer, part of our salvation, where we're becoming more like Jesus Christ. Our flesh is being eradicated slowly, and we're given a new heart by God. And as we grow closer to Jesus, we love deeper, we love stronger, we love God more, and then we love others more. But one of the paradoxes of the Christian faith is that one of the ways that we grow in our love for God and we grow stronger in our relationship with God is through the struggles and the trials that we face in this present life because of the fall of sin. So Julie, right now, I think we can be honest and just talk about how the Christian life isn't full of nothing but up, 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 up. There's setbacks. Right. It's it's not always just seeking this mountaintop experience and these feelings. Mm-hmm. There are hard times and there are valleys and they're going to happen. It's what we do with them that is important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know some of you may be experiencing great victory in Christ right now. Mm-hmm. You're going through just awesome stuff like God's blessing. Maybe you got a job that you've been looking for. You know, your family is growing. There's all kinds of great positive mm-hmm. things. There's always something praiseworthy about what God is doing in our life. If we stop and step back and think about all the good gifts he's given us, mm-hmm. you really can't go long without realizing, wow, he's given me life and breath and hope. At the same time, We don't always feel that. We don't always feel close to God. Mm -hmm. And I've talked with numerous people in our church lately about just what do you do when you don't really feel close to God and you you don't really hear from him? You're going through a dry spell. And I would say like even for myself about... I don't know. It was probably about a three month period of time. Like I just felt dry. And I talked with guys in my life group about that. Talked with you about that a little bit. Like it was just, I love what God is doing in our church. I love what God's doing in our family. Like I have nothing to complain about, but I just didn't feel like an in-depth closeness. Like I was growing closer to God in my own personal relationship with him. We've had a couple really hard months lately, just with Mm -hmm. everything going on in our lives We've really felt it. And honestly, that pressure that has mounted for me has been the catalyst that has allowed me to actually get out of that dry season and really feel 
the warmth and the peace of God. He's just really poured that into me when I needed it the most. But yeah, for all the people out there who are feeling, you know, maybe you're just feeling like you've been stabbed in the back. It's like you put your trust in someone Mm -hmm. and that person disappointed you. Mm -hmm. You know, it it just feels like I thought they were for me and now I don't feel that at all. Yeah, I maybe you're in a season of suffering in the valley where your marriage is struggling. Mm-hmm. And you and your spouse just can't seem to work things out and you're you're always kind of down about that or maybe you're in a season with your kids and you just don't know where to go and turn to and you're just in the muck of mm-hmm. life. There's so many hardships that yeah. put us in the valley. Yeah. Another you, one that I think of, as you mentioned, those is just the simple, I'm stuck in sin and I can't get victory over this. Uh-huh. That can be anyone from a teenager listening to a retired person whose kids are out of the home now and anyone in between where it's like, man, my flesh, I just can't seem to get past this and snap out of this. And I see it affecting me in negative ways. Those are deep valleys and those Mm -hmm. are tough places to be as a Christian. You want victory. We want to do great things for God, but we can allow ourselves to get in the way, it seems. And what this passage says again, but in this moment, verse six, in this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. These things that you're going through right now not only have a chance to pull you in closer to God, but they will actually matter at the revelation of Jesus Christ. These things are preparing you for eternity. And what I said about this last Sunday was suffering can refine you by burning away all of your false hopes. Mm-hmm. Like that's what's going on. We can put our hope and our trust in a friend, in a career, in a dream scenario, success of money. You, yeah, yeah, you name it. And those are all false hopes. Because hope in this world without Christ is just oh, I, I, I wish this would happen. Like, hopefully we can win the game. Whereas our living hope, Jesus Christ, it's a confident expectation. He died, he rose again, and I know without a shadow of doubt that he is coming again. Mm-hmm. And he has already won the battle. The victory is his. And he's preparing a place for me. I have 100% assurance in that. Like that is a living hope. And that's that Greek word, elpis. It's so much stronger than our watered down English version of hope. But life's hardships truly deepen our faith and make it more genuine. And when you have that breakthrough, when you're at that, at that bottom of that valley and you haven't heard from God for a while and you're just in the place of unknowns and he does break through and reveal himself to you, this is something we also talked about a while back just a few weeks ago when I was in Ephesians 3, 
like that's when you have those overwhelming moments of God loves me. God's presence is here, mm-hmm. brings tears to your eyes. And if you've never had that, that is a huge element of your faith where you're going to grow deeper when you do have that. But you're not going to taste that until you've been in the desert first. Right. One thing that we are commanded in scripture to do and be is faithful. Mm-hmm. And that is faithful to what God's called us to do and be. And when we're in those valleys and in in those hard, hard times, and even when things are great and we're on that mountaintop and things are just, there's so much joy and peace and mm-hmm. we've gotten victory over sin and we're called to be faithful, faithful with our relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to just seek after, I just got to get to this top and have this experience. And in our walk with the Lord, you can almost view it as like, I read an article about this actually recently, but you know, in our walk with the Lord, okay, you're reading scripture every day or as much as you can every other day, whatever it is for you. And maybe it's not a huge experience every single day that you're reading the word, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you know what you are doing? You're putting that word in your heart, Mm -hmm. almost like in a bucket. And what's going to happen when those valleys come? What's in your heart? Mm -hmm. You've put those scripture deposits Mm -hmm. there. So Mm -hmm. even if you're like, man, I'm reading the Bible every day, but it just seems dry sometimes. Yeah. We're called to be faithful. Keep plugging away. Yeah. Because when those valleys hit, what's going to be there? His truth. That's what's going to pull you out. Yep. Yep. So when I was a kid, I remember I would always read the newspaper every single day. Back then, that was when the newspaper was delivered. So weird. (laughs) The newspaper was delivered to your house at like three o'clock. And I lived in a small town, Sterling, Illinois. And, you know, it was just like the community newspaper. There was all this stuff going on. And I remember my dad, he would like from time to time write a little guest column in the newspaper. But I remember this person, it was like in an opinion section, was basically saying, oh, we don't need church and it's just unnecessary. I don't remember the specifics on what that person was really saying, but it's something along those lines. And there was somebody in our church who wrote in as a response. And I mean, this was printed in the newspaper and everything. But this person just said like, hey, look, I don't remember every single meal I ate over the last like 10 years. I remember very few of them. There's maybe three or four that stick out that were just really amazing meals. I was starving and it just hit the spot perfectly. What would you say about my meals? What sticks out (laughs) to you? Oh, Julie, your meals got to be the salmon, the grilled salmon with the strawberries, blueberries, feta cheese, and the and the perfect salad to go with that salmon. We eat it a lot. That's a good one. But you know what I mean? Like you'll have some meals. I remember one time like there was a flood and we had to bail water out of our basement. And this was when I was in high school. The appraiser was coming because we were moving and they were supposed to be checking out our house and we had to get all this water out of our basement. And like for probably six hours, we just bailed water out of our basement up and down the stairs. And I was so starving. And then my mom had some leftover banana pudding in the refrigerator and I ate that and it was literally like manna from heaven. It was the best thing in the world. I still remember how good that was. And then we had Papa John's pizza after that and it was just like, 
yes, this pizza is so good. It was because I was so hungry. But getting back to the actual analogy here, being faithful to church, like making that a commitment where I'm going to learn from God's word. I'm going to hear doctrine preached from the pulpit. Are you going to remember everything that's said in the sermons? Of course not. Mm -mm. But you're just feeding your soul with truth that's there. And if you didn't have that, you would starve. And it's not just the sermon. It's worship too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the fellowship with people, all of that. Yeah, all of that. If you don't have a diet of that, you're going to be famished. And when you're strained and when you go through a stressful situation, if your body is famished and you don't have the right ingredients in your body, you're going to get sick and things are going to go very poorly. But if you eat the meat of the word and you have the fellowship with, with the saints and you're following God's plan of what he's called you to do, you're going to be prepared to weather through that. You know, you have a little reserve. Mm-hmm. Like You don't need to be an anemic, skinny person, but just have something there that your body can use when it really needs it. And speaking of that, a passage of scripture that, that we've really enjoyed looking at recently together is Psalm 139. Mm-hmm. Would you like to read a couple of those verses for us? Yeah, David and I have been going through a gospel care discipleship cohort and we have zoom meetings every week and god is really working in our hearts in big ways through this and we're excited to roll out this what we are experiencing in the fall with our church but one of the things in this discipleship gospel care group that we are in is just a new look at abiding in the lord and abiding in scripture And every one of us have a story, every single one of us. And how does that story fit into God's story? Hmm. How can we gospel care us out of the valley? Yeah. So Psalm 139 has just been a big encouragement. And this is kind of a popular psalm. You probably are familiar with it. I'm just going to read a portion of Psalm 139, but I do encourage you after you read this in the next few days, set some time aside to read this and circle or write out all the action words of what God has done for us and pray through that. But I am just going to read 7 through 12. Where shall I go from your spirit or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me by be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day for darkness is as light with you. Yeah, I just really love that part. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? I mean, when we're not feeling it, yeah. When we're not feeling him there, if I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. That's the word that is sometimes translated hell, sometimes it's translated pit. And I mean, this is true, right? Sometimes we put ourselves in the pit. Sometimes Sometimes, I mean, sometimes it's something that someone else did to you and you feel like you're in the pit. 
Other times it's like you've made your bed there and you've you've done something that you that you should have never done and you're in the pit. And what it says there, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. So even in that place, he is with you. And you call out to him for his right hand and it's there and he will pull you out. It's just a matter of when he's ready to do it and what he wants to teach you through that. So it was this was a very comforting passage for me and for you. And we just wanted to share that with all of you. Yeah, and there's so much more to the passage. David just picked out a few verses, but he has searched us and known us. He's searching after us Mm -hmm. in those hard times. Like God is there. And maybe you're dwelling in the uttermost parts of the sea right now, like we just read. You feel like you're sinking. His right hand is there, and he's not going to allow you to drown. Even though we feel like it, and that's another promise we see in the New Testament, he's never going to tempt you with something beyond what you're able to bear through Christ. Are you going to sink if it's just all on you? Yes. Mm -hmm. But with Christ, our living hope, we will actually be carried through it by him. So he's never going to allow us to sink and to be crushed because he has a plan for us and he's doing something through that valley. And once you really see him and he's revealed to you, you're just overwhelmed with his presence. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of stuff that sticks with you. Like that time you get one of those meals when you're starving. And I still remember it from decade plus later. I still remember how great that meal was. Like that's what it's like with our relationship with God when he does break through and he carries us Mm -hmm. through the waves. Yeah. Those suffering times is literally where we grow the most and where we're actually most like Christ. And it's painful. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. You know, another thing we see here at the end of this chapter, which I'm going to be preaching on this Sunday, is the living and abiding word of God that stands forever. The flower fades, the grass withers away, but the word of our Lord remains forever. So we get this truth to fill our souls when we open up God's word and, and we digest it and we keep going back to it over and over. Fill your mind with truth. Yeah, it's easy in those hard times to feel like nobody cares or I need to run to somebody for help, which sometimes you do. But you know what? We all have the one that ultimately helps us and we have the word mm-hmm. that ultimately helps us mm-hmm. so you don't have to run to a person mm-hmm. you can run to scripture run to the lord talk to him that's the one you know the one that's ultimately going to pull you out yep yep that is always there god's going to use those experiences with people but he always uses his word always has that at the bedrock of our relationship with him So I don't know where you're at. Maybe you're on the mountaintop right now. Maybe you're in the valley. Maybe you're like halfway up the valley, almost to the mountaintop. How are you handling where you're at? Do you have things to praise the Lord for? Mm. Even in the lowest part of the pit, there are things to praise the Lord for. Are you 
going to scripture or asking someone, hey, I'm struggling with this. Could you give me some scripture to help me with that? If you're not mm-hmm. super familiar with everything in the word, of course, you can mm-hmm. always come to us and other people at church and ask that. That's good. Well, thanks for listening. And hopefully this was helpful for you. We love having the Doxa Dialogue, and I'm looking forward to just taking a portion of all of these messages in First Peter and elaborating a little bit more on them in the next few weeks. So until we meet again, I'll see you next week. You are loved.